Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SWAT radio program here on Tuesday, April 25th. I'm David Gray, along with my good friend Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Brad Sykes is on the road today and possibly listening with his mother-in-law, Carol. So safe travels to Brad and Carol as they drive back to Chicago, and uh, we're glad you're with us. Uh, If you have any questions as we get into the conversation today and our teaching, please give us a call at 844 777-7928. Seven 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 nine two eight, and Doug. Uh, it's been a while, I think, since you and I were on. But it's well, except when you when you came in and uh, were the third party with Brad and I last week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's always good to be here with you. Well, it's always good to have you. And uh, since last week, you went to see Jerry Seinfeld. I did. How was that? I did. I did. We had a good time. Uh, he was great. Did some material that I had heard before, but. <laughs> That's okay. Did some new stuff, and uh, we had a good time. It was a, it was a good show. We uh, we had a car adventure in town, uh, but AAA came through. Our mother in law, my mother in law, Kelly's mother, gives us AAA every year for uh, Christmas, and we have put it to good use over the years. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. uh, I'm glad that you were able to get that taken care of. That's always. Uh, that's always uh, tough when you have car problems, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's no fun. Fortunately, what happened happened right as we were getting in there. We parked it in the garage. We didn't let it affect our night. We had a good time, and we took care of it the next morning. So, mm. anyway, uh, well, listen. Um, if you're just tuning into SWAT uh, Radio, SWAT stands for uh, Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, usually in the first segment, we talk about things going on in the world and um, kind of a Christian perspective on those things, maybe how we as believers should respond. Then uh, segments two and three, we get into our text for the week, which this week is uh, Acts 26, uh, 19 through 32. And, uh, you know, David, we'll finish Acts 26 this week which means there's only two chapters left. We're going to get done before the summer. Man. I heard you and Brad talking about that <laughs> yesterday. Brad thought that that wasn't going to happen, but I believe you. I think it is. <laughs> well, it's been a great study. Well, it has been a great study, and uh, we we look forward to jumping in that. But the first segment, we, we talk about a couple of things going on in the news that as believers, our ears ought to be perking up. Uh, first thing is, I don't know if you saw the article about how the White House, uh, the administration and the Federal Reserve is laying the groundwork now for a programmable, keyword, trackable, easily manipulated digital currency. Yes, I did see that, as a matter of fact. And, I mean, like, it really is something like out of a movie because the... Uh, the Biden administration in March of 2022 re- released a, an executive order basically that directed all these federal agencies to crack down on digital assets, uh, cryptocurrency and other things. Um, and this is uh, what they're looking at putting out there now is not a digital version of the dollar, but 
an entirely new kind of currency that would be digital. Right. And um, no physical form. Now, what does that mean? You go, well, that's not a big deal. I use my bank to do electronic transfers. Anyway, we've been being groomed for this, right? Think about how often, David, how often do you pay for cash? How much do you rare, carry cash? Rare, rarely, rarely. Yep. So we've been groomed for this. And you go, well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is whatever you have in your phone, on your apps, on your computer, other people see. Mm -hmm. If you think they don't see it, yeah. you're mistaken. You leave electronic paper trails everywhere and you go, well, I'm not doing anything illegal. It's not about what's illegal now. But what about when you have to have a mark on you to be able to buy certain foods mm -hmm. or you have to profess a certain loyalty and if you think that hasn't happening it's already happening yeah. in some or, countries. or they decide that that uh you're not you're not adhering to their green energy policies and that you're buying too much gasoline which can be tracked right with that cryptocurrency mm -hmm. things like that the, the 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 invasion of privacy that that would cause would be tremendous and and the idea would be that frankly individual citizens wouldn't own their money anymore uh, yeah exactly exactly right and here's the thing uh they are looking and these are some buzzwords they're using financial inclusion equity um they want to transition to a quote net zero emissions economy and improve environmental justice which means if you ideologically disagree with, they can freeze your assets. Right. It's already happened in other countries. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, people who are out there, you might, we live in a country that still has representatives that you can reach out to. You might want to reach out to people and say, hey, I'm not really for this. Uh, I know uh, our governor, Governor Ron DeSantis, is working to make sure that Florida has its own sovereign bank mm. to where we can do stuff within the state of Florida that uh, they would have their own sovereign bank. Um, so uh, anyway, I don't know if you saw that. I, I actually did. I actually read that article and was talking to my wife about it. And uh, it's, it's scary. You're right. It is something that we would have thought years ago, oh, this is science fiction. This is out of a movie. But so many things... Uh, whether it's artificial intelligence or now this, this what you're talking about now with the crypto, with the with the nationalized and federalized new cryptocurrency. I mean, that's all stuff that I don't know. Twenty five years ago, we would have thought was just science fiction. Well, well, and one of the real downsides of it is that only large institutions such as banks and the federal government or the Federal Reserve would actually own right. the central bank digital currency. Right. So even though you can use it, you wouldn't necessarily own it. You would have no privacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. uh, they would they they would allot you a use of certain digital assets. Right. But it's like now you can put money in a safe in your house, you can put money in your mm -hmm. you can bury it in your backyard. Yeah. Or to and, your point, what if you wanted? What if you were giving money to your church, mm. and they determined they being the government determined that church is guilty of hate speech because we, you know we've been talking about this right the last several days. Yeah, that 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 church is guilty of hate speech because they teach the Bible, they yeah. teach the truth, um, and they to your point they freeze your assets. 
Well, yeah, well, yeah. Right now, the way it works, when you go into a bank and you deposit money, technically that money belongs to the bank until you take it out. Okay, it's the property of the bank, but they're required to give it back to you if you go in and request it. But uh, if you um, go in and and request the money and they don't, you have legal means to go and get them to give your money. But there's even privacy laws that protect them from telling other people about what's in your account. Like you can't go in and find out what's in my account. Right. But under the digital currency, people can go in and they can find out because it, it it's going to be out there in these other databases. It won't be like you, you control it with that. So Anyway, um, it, it's that's something that I believe is leading toward that one world government, one mm. world system that is ultimately going to be, praise God, the return of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, that shouldn't scare us if we're believers, right? Yeah, uh, that's what we, Kelly and I were talking about that this morning. It, it, you have to, all of this stuff in and by itself and, and apart from the assurance that God is caring for us <laughs> is yeah. scary. Right, it is scary stuff, but and and it, it it I think for believers, right, it forces us to our knees. It forces us back to being reminded that God is in control and God's caring for us, and none of this surprises Him. Yes, and the the other thing I wanted to mention, you you weren't in here yesterday, and but I heard you guys. You did, and I was going to text you a couple times because there's actually something I wanted to follow up on too. That, okay, go ahead. Well, your your quote, and I I don't know if I'll get it exactly right. And I started to text you and Brad during the program yesterday, but was it the Stephen Furtick quote? Is that who you were talking oh, yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. About yeah, where he and I correct me if I get this wrong, where he said something like. Jesus doesn't change you. He reveals who you really are. Yes, was that the yeah, quote? Yeah, that was it. And, and my first thought was, you know, the Bible clearly teaches that it's the law that reveals who we really are. Mm-hmm. The law points to our need for a savior. Yeah. The law, he, 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 he's getting it wrong in, in the sense that there is a, there is an element of, of the Bible that, that the, of the way God works that reveals who we really are. And it is the law. It's God's commands. And we fall short of them, and the Bible talks about that, that the law points us to Christ, and that Jesus doesn't reveal who we really are. He saves us from who we really are. <laughs> That's exactly right. But his point is, you're not changed. Well, what right. does he do with Second Corinthians 5.17? Right, right. I mean, how— right. how do you just take that out? I mean, right. do you just—you have to remove that from the Bible— if yeah. you believe in what he says. And unfortunately, our point was a lot of people are believing when people say stuff like that because it, it just kind of has a nice touchy-feely right. feel to it, you right. know? Or your comment about the, the person who listens to these sermons from from teachers that are false and says, well, they comfort me, yeah. right? That, that The idea that it's comforting. Well, comfort is not going to save you. <laughs> Um, only Jesus is going to save, right? And, and, and not only Second Corinthians that you mentioned, but Romans eight, where it says we're being conformed to the image of Jesus, to the likeness of Jesus. That's that's sanctification. That's the change uh-huh. that happens in us um, in terms of you know when we belong to Him. So anyway, I just I was I was I was talking out loud in my office <laughs> at home, responding to the things you guys were saying yesterday, but. Uh, I did realize no one could hear me. 
<laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, um, the other thing is, uh, I'm sure you've heard by now that um, the biggest nighttime network news person, Tucker Carlson, was released from Fox News. So that's out there. Here's the news point for me on this. And I don't know if you heard this today, but apparently his producer produced some text that have been leaked out to people. And if you've ever watched Tucker Carlson's show, I don't know if if you watched it. Absolutely. Many times. All right. So one of the things that the producer released out says that uh, he can't wait till we're done talking about Trump, that he hates Trump, that he can't handle any more of Trump. Right. Right. The Trump's claims about election fraud were insane. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you've watched any of his programs, and and a lot of people did because it was the most watched news service, hate him or love him, it doesn't yeah. matter. Some people watched him because they didn't like him. Right. Some people watched him because they did. But the bottom line is his news broadcast would reveal anything but what those texts said. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, he's Ver- reading from a script and nothing was authentic. Very surprising if those if, texts if are it's true. true. Correct. The other possibility is those texts aren't true, but they're released to try to bring some kind of stuff on him. So as I read what the news article was, I was just struck. You don't know who to believe, right? Mm, Right. It's kind of like COVID, kind of like the election, kind of like everything. We live in a world. David, do you really know a good source for truth out there other than the Bible? <laughs> no. Well, no. Yeah. Only individuals that I trust. Yeah, exactly. People that you've developed <laughs> exactly. relationships right. with. The news, I mean, Walter Cronkite used to be, even as liberal as he was in his thinking, he was pretty good about giving the news yeah. uh, from an accurate yeah. point of view. Well, we're going to take our first break of the afternoon. Call us at 844-777-7928. If you have a comment or a question, and we will be right back on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Here are some real business names. Cheryl's Eat Here and Get Gas. Then there's Frying Nemo Fish and Chips and Salmonella's Chicken Palace. Salmonella? Then there's Little Hope Cemetery. Not long ago, our friend Faye, a contagious laugher and devoted follower of Jesus, passed away. Hundreds traveled to her remote community to say goodbye. They mourned and remembered and celebrated, even laughed. Faye loved Jesus, so the preacher cranked up the hope. Amid sadness, rejoicing broke out. 1 Thessalonians 4 says that followers of Jesus do not mourn like those who have no hope. Jesus conquered death, and one day we will rise from it too. No one who loves Jesus is ever buried in Little Hope Cemetery. This is Laugh Again with Phil Calloway. If you'd like to hear more and discover all things Laugh Again, visit us at laughagain.us. Laugh Again, truth bringing laughter to life. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Waycross at 91.3. There I was on death row, guilty in the first degree. Son of God hanging on him Hell was my destiny The crowd was shouting Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary, happy to be with you and happy you are with us here on Tuesday afternoon, April 25th, uh, as we come to you on SWAT Radio. Uh, we have been looking this week at uh, well, just yesterday, starting yesterday, Acts chapter 26, verses 19 to 32. And I know, Doug, uh, yesterday you and Brad kind of covered um, the first teaching point, if you will, that God calls us to an enduring obedience. And I know today you wanted to uh, get into our second point, which is God calls us to a biblical obedience. Yeah, and, you know, the enduring obedience, do, do you know any other person in the Bible other than Jesus that had an enduring obedience who went through such mm. trials as Paul. I don't know anybody, Peter, no, James, John, none, none of them went through what Paul went through. Well, it's through. certainly not documented like it is with Paul. That's, yeah. that's for sure. And Paul, we talked about it yesterday. He is now, this is his third time uh, to share or, or third, the third time his personal conversion story is shared uh, i don't know anybody else's who's told this much mm. just paul and he says i was not disobedient it, there's a double negative there for emphasis as he's testifying in front of festus who had replaced felix so festus is to paul what pontius pilate was to jesus so he's the governor of the region and king herod agrippa too is the king of, of of Judea, but he's really not the king overall like Herod the Great was, his great-grandfather. Um, 
Uh, he's just over portions of it. In fact, his headquarters is up in Caesarea Philippi. We've been there. That's right. It's up in the north. But he did appoint the priest, the high priest, and he had been kind of put in place by Rome. He was an Edomite, and he had come to pay respects to Festus uh, as he was newly installed as the governor. And Paul is just laying out his case, and we looked at the first part of uh, chapter 26, how uh, he lays out his story and talked about that last week. And now we're looking at this pretty much life of obedience of Paul. And, and David, one thing I want to bring out before you read the text is we live in a world today where people equate a demand for obedience to legalism. Mm. They do. They, 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 there is a teaching floating out there among churches and um, parachurch ministries that said that any demand for obedience is legalistic. Yeah. And that's simply not true. It, Paul says, live a life worthy of your calling. The writer to Hebrews says, strive for the holiness for which you won't see God. So, so there, G, G, I'm sorry, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Yes. If that, if that didn't matter, then why would he why, say why that? Why would he say exactly. it? And so the, the issue is our motivation for the obedience. In the legalistic way, our motivation is to earn God's favor. In the biblical way, it's because we have God's favor, we're mm-hmm. obedient. Right. And so to say that we don't need to obey, there, you know, there was a big movement in the 70s. There was a big debate over the Lordship Salvation debate. People said, well, you can trust him as Savior, uh, and, you know, you, you don't really have to trust him as Lord, which is ridiculous. You can't reject his Lordship and be a believer. Right. You, you just can't. That's two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And, and it's not making it a part of earning your salvation. It's simply saying that when you receive him, there's not one example of anybody in Scripture who received his saviorhood and rejected his lordship. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a very, <laughs> that's, a, that's an American yeah. thing, right? Right, right. Well, well, it's a human thing, right? Because in our humanness and in our brokenness and in our perverted human minds, We'd almost love for it to be that way, right? Hey, hey, like, like, like it's been said, we've got our quote unquote fire insurance, Mm -hmm. but we can go do whatever we want. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you guys were talking about this, some of this yesterday, called it cheap grace. Um, The Bible says you're not your own. You were bought at a price. If, If God didn't care about obedience, then why did he put Jesus through what he went through? And why is he conforming us to the image of Christ? Who is the obedient one? And wh- why why did he put the book of James in the Bible? Right. Why did he put First John in the Bible? It says, if you love me, you're going to what? Yeah. You're going to obey me. Right. And so, uh, so as we go that route, as we as we go into looking at Paul's life as a new creation, like he writes about in Second uh, Corinthians five, uh, we 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 commented on his enduring obedience yesterday. Um, and today we're going to really drill down into a biblical obedience. The life that Paul lived was now moved toward what the Bible really meant. Paul thought he understood what the Bible meant before. Mm-hmm. Now he knows what the Bible means. By the way, 
I, I told one of my daughters this the other day. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Remember that old adage? Sure. So when Paul was killing Christians, did he think he was doing yeah, the right thing? Thought he was doing God a favor. Did he know the stories of the Old Testament? Sure. Did did he believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He thought he did, mm -hmm. but what he believed in was his own version of that God. Yeah. And so as we look at this biblical obedience today, uh, I'm going to have you go ahead and read 19 through 25, and we're going to look at this idea of biblical obedience, focusing primarily on verses 22 through 25. Okay. This is Acts 26, 19 to 25. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day I have had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light to both our people and to the Gentiles. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. These, Make, are, these yeah. are the words of the, the Lord our God. These are his words. This is not David's words. This aren't mine words. These are God's word to us. And, and notice in verse 22, David, the first thing Paul is, is saying in this text today is he says, to this day, I've had the help that comes from God. And so I stand here. So he's saying, God help me tell everything that I've been telling. And when you look back, like it's easy for us to forget as we kind of moving through to forget what he's been through. He's already been beaten five times. He's already been stoned. He's already been shipwrecked mm -hmm. three times. And I think he's going to be shipwrecked again, right? <laughs> On the way to Rome. <laughs> how, how, think about that. Okay. He's already gone through this and he says, God helped me tell everyone nothing but God's word. You mentioned it. He said in, at the end of verse 22, but nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass. Now, Paul, before, on the, before the road to Damascus, he thought he was proclaiming what prophets and the Moses said, but now he knows he was wrong. Remember on the road, he says, who are you, Lord? He didn't know who the Lord was. Mm -hmm. But notice what he says in verse 23. He says that the Christ, the Messiah, must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. So look at what he's saying. Three things here. One, that the Messiah is going to suffer. And he says, two, that he's going to rise from the dead. They didn't believe that. I mean, they didn't know that the Messiah was going to die and be raised again, even though it was prophesied. Mm -hmm. And third, that the Gentiles were going to be a part of it. They didn't believe that. Before the road to Damascus, 
Paul didn't believe any of those things. After that, he believes it all. And so he's proclaiming that. In verse 24, as he's saying that, Festus goes, Paul, you're nuts. You're crazy. And and he says, your great learning is making you mad. <laughs> he thought all this study, you know how some people get into the books and get into all this stuff and they kind of go wacky. That's what he was saying. But Paul said, listen, I'm sane and I'm speaking rational truth. You know, David, we're accused of being crazy a lot yeah. of times. But Christianity is very rational. When it comes back, we're going to talk about truth and the essence of truth. And it's really important, especially in a world that denies truth now and says truth is subjective. So I hope you'll stay tuned when we come back as we get further into this. Yeah, we're going to take our break at the bottom of the hour for the news. Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question. And stay with us. We'll be right back on SWAT Radio. Here's a pretty good definition of godliness. Taking God seriously. Hello, I'm Chuck Swindoll. Godliness. That seems to be a term that's tossed around a lot in the church, but often it isn't thought through. So I like the simple definition, taking God seriously. You are a godly person if you take Him seriously. What He says, you intend to obey. What He warns, you watch out for. Where he directs, you want to go. You know what the problem is for most of us, though? We take ourselves too seriously and God not seriously enough. So lighten up a bit about yourself and consider what godliness might entail for you as you begin to take God more seriously. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll. Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. Expect some delays because of a crash on I-95 southbound before Emerson Street. Also, there's major delays because of a broken down vehicle on the East Beltway on 295 northbound at the Dames Point Bridge, blocking two right lanes. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 62. Wednesday, partly sunny, high 82. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary, happy to be with you here on Tuesday afternoon on SWAT Radio. And uh, we are talking about or looking at Acts chapter 26, verses 19 to 32, specifically today focusing on verses 22 to 25 and talking about uh, Paul's demonstration of a biblical obedience. And Doug, you were starting to talk about truth (laughs) as we went to break. Yes, and uh, you know, David, I don't know if you heard yesterday, I read uh, about a um, a place out, uh, a guy wrote an article um, in the Los Angeles Times about San Francisco, talking about it being a beacon of hope <laughs> for so many people. And this was the, the comment, no matter who you are, 
You have to find your truth and live your truth as if truth is subjective. Listen, Charles Stanley, listen to me now. <laughs> yeah. Truth comes from outside of us. No human can determine it. Um, uh, no, there's, there's no such thing as subjective truth. Imagine the chaos if every individual got to determine truth for themselves, but the truth that they felt was different. For instance, let's just say I wanted to say two plus two is eight. That's my truth. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that. Well, you go, that's ridiculous. Nobody's going to believe that. Why? Why is that so ridiculous? If, if, if you can say that I'm really a girl... When I'm biologically a man, my anatomy shows that I'm a man. My DNA shows I'm a male. But I want to believe that I'm a female. Even though that's ridiculous, you can see the physical features on me. The only way to change that is to go out and have surgery to alter those external things to go along with what I believe. We used to treat this as a mental disorder Mm -hmm. it's a delusion but somewhere along the line somebody goes you know what people should be free to be whoever they want to be well that's not true do you think any transgender person thinks it's okay for somebody to be a serial killer i hope not no that that they they draw a line right Do, do do you really think that anybody should be free to be a thief Okay, anybody's free to steal whatever they want. They don't believe that. So they draw lines. It's just who determines where the line's drawn. And our culture is saying it's okay to draw the line personally for sexual identity. And except, what if that sexual identity says, well, I I want to identify, I'm, I'm identifying as a, a, a pedophile. We, don't, we won't like that, although some would say it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's already okay in Europe. I don't know if you saw in Europe, they lowered the age. They basically took the age off mm-hmm. for sexual consent now, which is crazy. Um, but truth is objective. Listen to what Galatians 1.8 says. What Paul, when he's writing the Galatians, because people were coming in and they were perverting the gospel, he says, listen, if we or an, even an angel from heaven preaches to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be cursed. As we've said before, now i say it again. If anyone preaches to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. In other words, let him go to hell. That's mm-hmm. what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He says, do I seek the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. He goes, I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. In other words, I didn't come up with it. It came from outside of me. So truth is not subjective. It's objective. Over, You know, Psalm 119 is a great psalm about God's word. And in Psalm 119, verse 160, right there toward the end, it says, The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Because there's a growing movement of people that says, you know what? The Bible, 
that was written for back then doesn't apply today. Yeah. And, and listen, we've seen that uh, apply across the board. People do that with women elders in churches. Uh, well, it, it's a different culture today. Well, if you go, you got to take uh, the qualifications over in First Timothy out because Paul takes it back to Adam and Eve. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with their culture in, in, in the time of Christ or, or right after his death. He takes it back to the Garden of Eden and says, this is part of God's design. It's not about your time in history. And so, but we say today, there's a lot of people say, oh, we live in changing times now. That's misogynistic. That's, you know, that's patriarchal. And you see that in church after church and people are caving. Why? Because of the wokeness, mm-hmm. because of all the, the, well, we want people to come here and if we don't, adhere to the changing progressive uh interpretation then we're going to lose people yeah what i think of in response to that as you're as you're talking about and all that is happening i think of jesus saying about himself i'm the way the truth and the life and then i think about the scripture that says jesus is the same yesterday today and forever so if he is the way the truth and the life and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then this idea that somehow things change and don't apply anymore mm-hmm. is bogus, right? Well, yeah. Well, Abs- well, well, here's the thing, David. In the same way that transgender people, pe- people that are, let me just say this, in the same way that men claiming to be women, even though they're biologically men, or women claiming to be men, even though they're biologically women, they say it's hateful if you don't affirm their truth. People who say that women can be elders because we live in a different time get really upset and think that you're devaluing women if you don't adhere to what they believe. They're putting their spin on it because Jesus valued women. He loved women. He valued them. But he didn't call any women to be apostles. Why? Well, you go, is the culture? No. There was a reason for it. There's a reason that that he said, hey, when you make elders, they're to be the husband of one wife. There's a reason for that. And he takes it back, according to what Paul wrote to Timothy, to all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And so... <clears throat> Truth does not come from inside us. It comes from outside us. It comes from God's word. We don't determine it. It all comes from God, first thing. Second thing, truth is rational. All right? Paul says, listen, the words I'm speaking are rational. These are, <laughs> this is rational. It's a rational truth. Um, the law of non-contradict says, you can't say all pins are black and some pins are blue. Those two statements exclude one another by the nature of the statements they are, mm-hmm. right? And in the same way, you can't say that nothing can be and it can't be at the same time. In other words, you can't say this guy, it's okay for him to believe he's a girl, but it's not okay for me to call him out on that mm-hmm. because he's really a boy. Or, or, or he, in other words, it's okay for you to say you're a girl if you're a boy, but it's not okay for him. I mean, it's one or the other. 
it's not you're not what you project you are what you are reality always wins right right, right? right. so first john 2 21 says when john's writing he says i write to you not because you do not know the truth but you but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth anyone who says there's something they're not is lying yeah right yeah and we apply that in every other area of life except in this new world of sexuality that our government is condoning. And even though the government condones it, doesn't make it right. Well, right? because it's about feelings and it's about um, personal, like you said, a, a, a sense of personal freedom or feelings or the sense that the individual is is the master of themselves, mm-hmm. right? I, I remember my dad going to a, a funeral years back of a colleague of his in that poem i forget what it is but there's a poem that contains the words i'm the i'm the captain of my ship right yeah. <laughs> i'm the i'm the master i'm master and commander but this i and and think about how sad that is right that the idea that we belong to ourselves again i think of that passage in scripture that talks about we're not our own we're bought at a price and that um you know when jesus prays for for the church and for for all who belong to him and says, you know, your word is truth, sanctify them in the truth. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and yet there's a, there's this idea that if you, if, if you don't belong to God, right. And you don't know him, then yeah, you're going to consider yourself to be the, the, the final word on everything. Yeah. The, the poem is Invictus by uh, Henley. Anyway, he says, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. Yeah. Except when you get before God. That's right. <laughs> At the end, right? That's right. That's right. Hey, we still got two more things on the truth I want to point out about being consistent and the authority of truth when we come back, and then we'll take calls. Yeah, we'll take a break here on SWAT Radio. Call us at 844-777-7928, and we'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Circumstances are like a mattress. 
British evangelist J. John offers this advice for dealing with difficult circumstances. If you lie on top, it's nice and comfortable. If you lie underneath, you suffocate. <laughs> so you say to somebody, how are you? And they say, well, I'm all right under the mattress. I can't breathe, but I'm all right. Let's stop being negative, be positive. When David saw Goliath, there were two possible reactions. The first reaction was, he's really big. Oh no, I better run away. The second reaction, the second reaction, he's really big. How can I miss? A positive attitude really can change your perspective. Hear more from J. John at FamilyMinute.org. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Riverside at 91.7. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and uh, I almost said Brad Sykes. Doug McCary <laughs> no, uh, here I, on SWAT Radio. I got more hair than Brad. You, you, you do. Although I'm getting there. I mean, I'm <laughs> you, not, I may you, have to start shaking You and me head. both. You and me both. Uh, we're glad you're with us here on SWAT Radio. We're looking at Acts chapter 26, uh, specifically today, verses 22 to 25. And uh, we've been talking about uh, kind of the components of biblical truth. And Doug, I know you left off. Uh, we just were talking about truth is objective, truth is rational. And I know there's a couple more points you want to get to about biblical truth. Yeah, that, that, here, here's the idea. Fourth is objective, it's rational, it's consistent. Truth doesn't change, David, right? That's right. Has gravity changed? <laughs> nope. Uh, since since you've been alive, it, it, will gravity change? No. Gravity it, it, is impacting me more now that yeah, I'm 61 years old. But, but you can believe that truth, your truth can be that, you know what? I can jump off the Empire State Building and I can fly. That's my truth. That's absurd. You jump off that state build, the Empire State Building, you will fall at 32 feet per second, and you're going to impact the ground and die. It doesn't matter what you believe. That's why truth comes from outside of us. It's rational, um, and it's consistent. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Do you know that people have been trying to disprove the word of God for thousands of mm, years mm -hmm. and every time david they they make another archaeological discovery uh, uh some historical document pops up it authenticates right. what the bible says it it doesn't go against it that's it's, right the bible is always proven and and i always i i, I always think of c.s lewis when we talk about this that c.s lewis set out as an atheist to disprove the bible right mm -hmm. but and in, in line with what we're talking about with respect to truth and God being the source of truth, C.S. Lewis couldn't get past the fact that the moral law 
even if it's suppressed in unrighteousness, as Romans 1 says, is in every person. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't get past, well, if there's no God, then where does the moral law come from? Mm -hmm. And the moral law is truth, right? It's God's truth, and God is the source of the truth. We're made in his image, even though there are many that reject Jesus, right? But we're made in his image, and that moral law does dwell in us, however much it's been suppressed and and he couldn't get past well where does that come from and it comes from god who is the source of truth he is the source of truth it has to come from outside us and so it's objective it's rational it's consistent and finally truth in the end will always come out reality always wins david and like you can believe what you want but the reality will ultimately win and that carries authority with it, right? Yep. Like, in other words, let's say you're going to climb up the Empire State Building. Hey, I'm warning you. Hey, you can't jump off that. The gravity is going to bring you down the ground. You're going to die. And I'm speaking with authority based on truth. Well, you can believe what you want to believe all day long. But when you step off that, you go against authority. Yeah. And there's a consequence, right? right? So people can believe what they want to believe, but ultimately truth carries authority with it. Jesus said, like you quoted earlier in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. No one, that's pretty exclusive, no one comes to the Father except through me. So going back to the rational part, you can't say you. there are many ways to God Mm-hmm. and there's only one way to god you you can't say both those and have them both be true right you could say there are many ways to god but they all have to go through jesus right because you, you, if there's ways other than jesus then i think back to the verse that says you know it says well it says if the if the if righteousness could be gained by the law then jesus died for nothing and i think the same could be said right if if there's other ways to have a right relationship with God and to have be in God's family other than through faith in Jesus and through De- Jesus' work, death and resurrection, yeah. then Jesus died for nothing. Because he said to the Father, if there's another way, <laughs> can we go that way? Uh, that's and right. there was no other way. No. There is no other way. So, um, but and I, all of this that we're talking about, you know, I think you, you hit on it. The culture today thinks that zealousness for something equates to truth, right? Mm -hmm. To your point, you can believe something with all your heart. It doesn't make it true. I I, I said this with Brad, I think, last week. And I don't know why I remember this, but I remember Chuck Colson, you know, the the guy that was part of Nixon's cabinet who went on to become a a believer and a great teacher and speaker for the gospel. He... He gave a talk once that I heard, and he, and he was talking on this subject. And he said, you can believe with all your heart that you're a can of Diet Coke, but but you're not. Yeah. And, 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 that, and I think that's what we're seeing a lot of today is that zealousness for something, people give that the weight of that. They give it weight as though it equates to, to making something true. Yeah. Right? We yeah. see it all through scriptures, too, about people who are zealous for, for the lies, zealous for the wrong thing. I mean, I, I look at certain um, cults or, or false religions today, right? Mm-hmm. And in some ways, 
the zealousness with which people believe and, and act mm-hmm. is admirable in, in a human sense, but they're zealous for something that's not true. So what, what good is that going to do? Well, when you, when you go back and you think about how Paul was before Felix, remember when he was speaking before Felix and Felix just, um, he was alarmed and said, go away. You remember that? Right. I think Festus's response, it appears that his response was to Paul's preaching the gospel and some kind of conviction in his heart mm. says, Paul, you're out of your mind. Like, you know, when, when Paul was talking about persecuting the church, Christians, people who didn't do anything, he didn't say anything then. Right. But here, when he starts talking about a Messiah dying, he starts talking about sin and the, and Jesus having to die and then be raised again. Now he goes, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you crazy. Now he says he's crazy. And it, it appears this is a response to the gospel convicting him in his heart. Mm. And he says, hey, you know, Paul, you're out of your mind. Paul says, no, I'm not. This is rational. So the, the truth, Paul says, I'm speaking sane and rational. The truth is objective. It's outside of us. It's rational. You can't say something is and something is not, and have both those statements be true statements. Somebody's false, right? Right. You can't, uh, it's consistent. It doesn't change. It's a, it's observable and unchanging, and it's authoritative. That's why the lie that somebody is a female when they're actually a male can be easily discredited. A, a, a male who says they're transing or dressing up as a woman and they're really a woman they can't menstruate they can't have a baby that's a fact that thing that that guy that fifth grade biology teacher on dr phil said that that's truth right because no matter what you believe reality ultimately wins right right and it comes through and truth and and to go just to carry that out what we talked about in that example of that teacher truth is now being um translated by by the culture as meaning hateful mm-hmm. right you're hateful if you speak truth that goes against what the culture wants to hear mm-hmm. i think of the again the verse I, I don't have the chapter and verse off the top of my head but the idea that in the end times there'll be people preaching and teaching things that itching ears want to hear yeah and, and we're seeing that all over the place we're seeing that you know churches are like you said are caving to that and, and, and telling people what they want to hear rather than telling them the truth. Mm. Well, I look at this passage today and you see Paul bringing out the biblical message of a suffering Messiah. You know, Jews today do not even read Isaiah 53 during their normal reading. They, they just skip over it. You know why? Because it talks about a suffering Messiah. Mm. They did not see that in fact when you look at paul's words uh as he's going uh, through what he's talking about the suffering messiah it's a lot like david his passage over in corinthians first corinthians 15 where he's giving the gospel right where he says in first corinthians 15 3 for i delivered to you as what as a first importance that christ 
died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. And then on the third day, what? He rose again. And so it sounds very much like that. And remember, what we're seeing put down here that Luke records isn't necessarily the totality of what Paul said. Mm -hmm. It's just a summary to give us an idea of what the Holy Spirit wanted us to know about that time. Right, right. So an enduring obedience God calls us to and a biblical obedience. So again, I want to give you a question. How is my obedience uh, affected uh, by persecution around me? Do I cave in on the truth of the Bible? Do I step back because I'm afraid of being canceled or persecuted? Mm -hmm. We need to be biblical in our obedience. And tomorrow, I know you're going to talk a final point about an evangelistic obedience. So hope you'll be with us tomorrow. David Gray and Doug McCary, thank you for being with us. Have a great rest of the day, and we'll see you tomorrow on SWAT Radio.